And as we step this morning, before we step into our message, we have an opportunity to actually confess the faith that we believe. And so, since the word creed means I believe, we're going to have our kids lead us in this. When you see the words I believe, you get to yell them out as loud as you can, okay? Are we ready for this? Let's put that creed up there. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. It's not in here, but we're going to do it again. One, two, three. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Last one. One, two, three. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we reflect on who Jesus is as our King, well, last week we talked about the resurrection from the dead, that Jesus the King brings life. The week before that, we talked about Jesus on the cross being our King who forgives our sins. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a step back in Colossians chapter 1 and talk a little bit more holistically about what it means that this Jesus is the King of our lives. We'll hear about that in our video for this morning. When Paul was a prisoner in Rome, people brought him news about how believers in churches all over the world were doing. Paul had visited many of these churches, and he wrote letters to encourage the Christians in each church. Paul wrote a letter to the church in Colossae. The Colossian believers knew the gospel, but false teachers had been telling them lies. This confused them. Some were saying there was a secret gospel only they knew about. Paul wrote to remind them of the truth about Jesus. This is what Paul wrote. Jesus shows us what God is like. The Son of God existed before God created anything. He created everything. Everything in heaven and on earth, everything you see and don't see. Everything exists for Him. Jesus holds everything together. The church, all the believers in the world, are the body, and He is the head. God was happy to send his son to earth to rescue people from sin through his blood on the cross. Paul reminded the believers that their sin had separated them from God. They were his enemies. But now they had salvation and forgiveness through faith in Jesus. Paul had told them the complete gospel. Anyone who came and said there was a secret gospel was lying. Be encouraged and love one another, Paul wrote. I want you to know Jesus. All wisdom and knowledge is found in Him. Jesus Christ is our perfect King. There it is again. <laughs> Jesus is our perfect King. And King Jesus reigns for us so that we would actually entrust our entire lives to Him. 
That's what I hope we get out of that message today. And I hope we recognize that Jesus is not the kind of king that's up in a castle somewhere that that is worried about his feasts and how rich he is and doesn't know who his servants are and, and who the farmer is out there in the kingdom. But King Jesus actually came, became one of us so that he could reign for us, so that we would entrust ourselves to him. Now, I want us to recognize three things. We're really just scratching the surface of what it means that Jesus is the king this morning. But what it means is that first, he actually frees us from darkness. Second, that he is our protection. And finally, that he tells us the best way to live our lives. So first, Jesus frees us from the kingdom of darkness. Uh, We have this scripture reading from Colossians chapter 1, and it shows us that there are really only two kingdoms. This is like the evil empire and the rebel alliance, right? You're, You're a part of one or you're a part of the other. There's no in between. And Jesus actually takes us out of that evil empire, out of that kingdom of darkness, and places us in his own kingdom. So we're free from the lives of darkness. And I think we know the experience of living in the kingdom of darkness a little bit because we have seen that influence on our lives. To be in the kingdom of darkness means that I live with my own priorities. What I want matters more than what anything else, anybody else wants. Being in the kingdom of darkness, it promises the freedom to do whatever you want, but we ultimately end up being slaves to our own selfishness. And I think being in the kingdom of darkness and having that influence on our life, it shows us itself, kids, maybe in throwing a temper tantrum to get what I want when I want it, or maybe in insisting on this, this toy is mine. And parents... Maybe being in that kingdom of darkness shows itself on insisting that I am right, right? And and making this the biggest, most important thing, that everybody knows that I was doing the right thing and I saw things from the right perspective. Ultimately, being in the kingdom of darkness means, no matter where we are, that I am defensive, Because what matters to me, I'm the only one who's going to protect it. Because in the kingdom of darkness, I have no protector. But you see, Jesus frees us from that kingdom. That's what his whole ministry was about. He became a human being. He went out into the desert. And the kingdom of darkness is ruled by the devil. Well, Jesus beat the devil when he was tempted and didn't sin. The kingdom of darkness is ruled by sin. Jesus beat sin when he took all of our sins and went to the cross for their forgiveness. The kingdom of darkness is ruled by death. Well, Jesus comes out of the grave with life that conquers death. Jesus is our perfect king. That means he actually frees us from the kingdom of darkness so that Jesus could reign for us. That's the first thing. Jesus frees us from darkness. The second thing is that he doesn't just free us from darkness, but in the kingdom of the beloved son, Jesus protects us. And we have this scripture verse that in him all things hold together. Because in the kingdom of darkness, right, I'm trying to hold together all the things of my life. And sometimes I feel like I'm falling apart when that's my responsibility. 
But when we recognize that Jesus is our king, it's not my responsibility to hold it all together. Because Jesus is the one who holds all things together. Right? He's in control of my life. And not only that, he's in control of giving me the greatest gifts this world has ever seen, which is life forever with him. And Jesus protects that. Jesus being our king is like, like having a military, having police, having firefighters. These are the people we always pray for who protect us and make sure that our society kind of holds together with a certain level of protection. But when Jesus is our king, Jesus takes that role on himself. In, in the kingdom of Jesus, he is our military. He's the one who protects us from those on the outside who might want to hurt our faith and, and the gift that he gives. And he also is the one who is the first responder when we start to fall apart and comes and reminds us that we have life forever with him. He is our protection. Jesus reigns for us. And finally, there's another thing that Paul actually gives us this last image, that when Jesus is our king, we look to him to see how we should live our lives, right? He is the head and we are the body. Now, in 2024, this is coming soon, we have the Summer Olympics coming. My favorite event in the Summer Olympics for maximum entertainment and minimum time is the sprinters. Right? You get 10 seconds, and it's really exciting, 10 seconds. Now, to be a good sprinter in the Olympics, this is how it works. The head decides, I'm going to get to that goal very quickly, and it tells the body what to do so that the whole body is straining together toward this one goal. Now, for a sprinter, if the head decides we're getting to the finish line, and the left leg says, I'm not doing that, he's not going to be a very good sprinter. Right? And the left leg with the rest of the body is going to miss out on that gold medal. You see, Jesus is our head. He's the head of all of us together. And he is trying to bring us all together as we worship here on Sunday morning, straining for the same goal, which is eternity with him. Jesus has our best interest in mind. And he actually tells us how to live our lives in the fullest way. It's, you might be the left finger, but you can still strain forward to the finish line that Jesus is bringing us towards. Because when Jesus is our king, he is the head that tells us how to live our lives, ultimately in the way we were created to live. And towards that perfect end of being with him forever. I hope that as we reflect on our lives, we're able to actually let go of some of those things that we hold on to so tightly, that we're able to put our priorities aside and strain forward with the priorities that Jesus gives us. Because whether it's the toy that I want and, and, and the thing that I want to do, or whether it's just the fact that I want people to think I'm right all the time, none of those are as important. None of those will give us the fulfillment of living life under King Jesus and recognizing that he protects us, he frees us, 
And he calls us to sacrifice our own selfishness and to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of his kingdom where we have King Jesus who reigns for us so that we could actually entrust our entire lives to him.